Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Love, Simon in today's review episode. I can show you the world. Just take a look through my eyes. Love, Simon has just come out uh, in theaters near you and me, and I went to see it, and I, (laughs) this is not a property I was aware of. I think it's based on a book, which I haven't read, I didn't know existed, so that was not remotely on my radar. My initial impressions before I saw the movie, I mean, I knew it was like coming-of-age teen movie, romance, comedy, um, with a bend to it pun intended and i know a lot of people just like looking at like from a fantasy movie league perspective a lot of people were thinking that this was a movie that's going to really break out it was going to be you know fault in our stars but for gay people instead of i guess straight people although uh, whatever that means and it hasn't exactly done that. You know, it's doing fine. I, I think it's going to make like four, $13 million this weekend, and that's pretty great uh, for this kind of a movie, for a movie that deals with this type of subject matter. You know, this was, you know, this isn't even a movie that gets made, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So the fact that we even have it at all is great. But more than that, it's gotten fantastic reviews. Uh, it's really well rated on Letterboxd. Uh, it has a 4.0 average on Letterboxd. It has a 91% the last time I looked at Rotten Tomatoes. So critics love this movie. And Letterboxd fans love this movie. There's 3,000 ratings and it has a weighted average of 4 even. That is pretty fantastic. That is a very, very good score. And I'm certainly not as positive on this movie as some of these people may, some of these other people are. I'm, I liked it. I liked this movie. I thought it was fun. I thought it was well written. I thought there were a lot of great moments and interesting perspectives. And, and I, I'm very pleased that this movie exists. I'm so glad that a lot of people are going to see it. I think it's, it's a big, it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people. And in the same way that um, little black children are just in love with Black Panther and Wrinkle in Time for finally being represented in a big movie that stars someone that looks like them, Uh, you can see how this movie can appeal to the kind of teen, preteen kids who maybe have homosexual inclinations or aren't sure where they identify, and, and this you know, helps expand the horizon, expand the spectrum beyond what you're used to seeing because I I just don't think there are a lot of movies like this right now. And I think that there will be, you know, 10, 15 years from now, I think we'll probably see a lot more, uh, you know, coming-of-age rom-coms that star non-binary, you know, people. And... This is one of them. This is not, you know, this is not a straight young white kid. 
Uh, I mean, he is a white kid, so there's that. But two of the four main characters are not white. And there's other not white characters that have a significant role in this movie. And the, I don't know, it just, it just defies what we've kind of come to know and expect from this type of genre. From the young, coming-of-age rom-com teen movie. And what's more, so beyond that, so, so going past that, this is a movie where there are so many pitfalls that I saw watching it that I was really worried were going to happen, and I was so pleased that they didn't. Uh, you know, because this movie is all about Simon, uh, played by Nick Robinson very well, it's about him, it's about his crisis of not knowing who he is, but rather knowing how to express himself and declare who he is and be uh, be upfront about his own identity with other people, with his family, with his friends, with others. And that's a big struggle. That is something that I think everyone goes with at one point or another. It doesn't necessarily have to be with your sexuality, but I think a lot of people struggle with something, whether it's and not to equate these things, but I do. But like these are things that people struggle with, and that, you know, sexuality, gender identity, um, and then on the sort of lower end of the spectrum, you know, you have things like romantic partner and college major and college itself and having kids and things like that. You know, there are a lot of big moments in lives where you are confronted with a, you're presented with the opportunity to be upfront about things and to to be forthcoming about who you are and what you want and what you're here for and what you're about and not everyone is able to take that leap from the jump you know i certainly am not one of those people i am far i identify far more with simon in that sense uh to a degree you know i struggle with my own identity, uh, at least from a publicly perceived per sense. But like Simon, I, I know what and who I am but in, in my own head. You know, I can wrap my head around what I am and who I am and what I'm about and, and how I identify myself. But that's a whole, it's a whole different and separate issue when you're dealing with talking to somebody else about it. And I've definitely gotten better at it um, since I was Simon's age. You know, he's 17 in the movie. But that's, it's something that takes work. It takes time. It takes practice. And you don't get a lot of practice at that sort of thing, unfortunately. Which is why, you know, we find out in the movie that Simon learned, figured out that he was gay when he was 13. So it takes him, so we've had four years before this movie happens uh, where he's been gay, he's been holding it in, he's been keeping it from his family and friends. And, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing that just eats away at you. It, it's tough to come to terms with things like that when we live in a world where, and this is changing, but it's still, you know, a big risk because a lot of people just don't see things equally and and a lot of people just aren't nice and and will take every single opportunity they can to 
tear you down, particularly as a kid and particularly in high school. You know, that is a cesspool of, of idiots and insensitive jerks and, and assholes. And, you know, your, your mileage may vary depending on your particular school, but it, it's, it's, it's difficult. And so those pitfalls that I mentioned. So because this movie is so intrinsically about Simon and because we follow it from his perspective, we experience this movie and the story through his eyes and through his lens, I was really worried when we were, when, you know, Tony Hale is established as this kind of very hands-on vice principal early on in the movie. I was really concerned that at one point or another, he was going to show up as more than just sort of a comic relief person. I thought, you know, oh man, he's going to go to their house. He's going to talk about this, that, and the other. He's going to confront the parents about everything. And that doesn't happen. I'm so pleased that that doesn't happen. You know, we don't need outside interference from adults in this movie. You know, the adult interactions are pretty much limited to the kids with Tony Hale at school and school-related matters and the kids with uh, his parents in home-related matters. Like, that's pretty much it. The parents don't ever cross over and get involved in the school side of things. The vice principal and teachers and whatnot don't get involved outside of the school. I am very pleased by that. Uh, I think that that is... I think that the way that all the conflicts are resolved uh, between the kids themselves is really well-written and, uh, you know the conflicts between Simon and Martin, uh, between Simon and Leah and, and Abby and, and Nick, you know, all these characters who struggle and, 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 you know, yeah, it's part, you know, a lot of this is about Simon coming to terms with his own sexuality and being forthright about it, but there's a lot more going on here. It's, it's about friendship and about how you even if you don't feel comfortable telling your friends who you are and some a deep personal secret about yourself that you feel is better to be hit, kept hidden, uh, you should not compromise their trust to do that, in my opinion. And I, I think, and if you've seen the movie, you, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Um, because essentially... And I, I didn't watch the trailer, so I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to see, like, think of how much I can say without really spoiling it. But at some point in the movie, somebody finds out that Simon is gay. That he didn't want to find out. No, well, he didn't want anyone to find out. But somebody uses that knowledge as leverage to blackmail him to do things. And while I think that... 95 to 99% of the fault in that entire situation is squarely placed on the person doing the blackmailing. I think that there has to be a better way to go about handling that situation from Simon's point of view, even if it's just a small, like, uptick in terms of you know, handling that situation. I think there's a small, there's a definitely a better way to do it that doesn't result in destroying the, not, not destroying, but really damaging the foundation of trust and 
friendship that he had with his friends. You know, it, it's it comes back to haunt him. It comes back to hurt him later on in the movie. And even though you know the movie's a happy ending, it's it it doesn't you know that doesn't mean it necessarily had to be. And that doesn't mean that if the same thing happens to the next person who's in this kind of a situation, that it will be. I, I've been in friendships where things like that have happened to some degree, uh, you know, not blackmailing. I, I don't, I've never been blackmailed like that or like anything really, but I've known people where things that were kept from each other, things uh, you know, where, you know, we dan you dance around this issue, you dance around this thing that you really want to say, but you can't say, and so you try to say it in a really roundabout way, and then it ultimately leads to the wrong conclusion, and, and things get misinterpreted and taken out of context, and it really hurts people, because when you're not clear about what you want and what you mean, it's tough for someone else to communicate with you. And I think that's a big issue in this movie where not just on the level of Simon being, you know, telling people that he's gay, but more on the level of like, you know, if, if you know, for example, Martin's character played by Logan Miller is infatuated uh, with one of the other, with one of the girls in the movie, he wants to be with her. Uh, he tries to be with her. He wants, you know, he, and there are genuinely nice moments that he has with this character, this other character. He 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 does things that are a little unorthodox, that are a little over the top at times, but he has a few nice moments with her, and yet his there's like this. You know, when he finally does um, stretch, or not stretch, but but take that extra, like, take that leap of faith, you know, because he has been so, because, like, all the things leading up to that were, like, masked and clouded with uncertainty and, and problematic decisions along the way, you know, it, it doesn't really work out so great. It, it's It's a pretty disappointing result for Martin and uh, to a great degree so I think this movie manages to present a lot of different avenues to approach the idea of withholding information and avoiding the truth and 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 taking advantage of uh, what people have to look in, look at and, 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 and taking advantage of the way you approach things in that sense. So I, I like how brazen the movie is in that way and how confined it is to the kids. Like that is such a beautiful way to portray this movie. You know, so many of these coming of age tales, you know, even if you look at something like Call Me By Your Name, which is, in my opinion, a far superior movie than this one, but you have that, you have, in my opinion, a much more um, 
proactive uh, family in Call Me By Your Name. You know, the, the situations and the issues and the problems and the feelings aren't really resolved between Elio and um, Oliver complete you know you have Michael Stuhlbarg who injects himself into the situation every once in a while uh for great you know like Michael Stuhlbarg's awesome in that movie and I think I don't think that's a bad thing um in a vacuum right like it's it's and I don't think it takes away from that movie however in this movie where it's not you know stylishly presented it's not shot so beautifully um, where it's it feels and looks a little bit more like a generic movie um, than I think some, most do. Uh, or not, I don't know. It's not exactly what I mean. It, it's, it feels more run-of-the-mill, just in its look, in its presentation of what is happening. You know, it feels, it gives off the same tone and vibes of like, half of like half a dozen other teen movies you know that come to mind at, from like the early 2000s and from the 90s it's just updated for 2018 um but it 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 it's able to go into a much more intimate setting with its characters than any of those other movies did and it's able to resolve conflicts by talking, you know, there's no big, you know, there's no fight scenes in this movie, there's no, like, throwing things, and you don't have irreversible, uh, damage being done to anybody, there, it's just talking, and conversations, and time, letting time pass so that people can heal, and I think that's a beautiful way to resolve the issues and, and things that happen in this movie. So I really liked it. Uh, it's it's currently one of my favorite movies of the year. It's ranked third this year for me behind Black Panther and Annihilation. And I don't know if it'll stay there, but it's definitely a movie that I really appreciate and I'm glad that it's here. I, I like its existence on a fundamental level. And it's also a, a good movie to boot, which I, I'm happy about. Uh, I am going to go into, like, spoiler section, sort of. Uh, so after the break, there will be that. But if you haven't seen the movie and you want to put that off for a while, that's fine. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And uh, stay tuned for spoilers. Any path, so many worth exploring. Just one would be so boring. Spoilers for Love, Simon. This is going to be a different kind of spoiler section. This is, um, so, I'm, first of all, I am so pleased by the ending of this movie. I am so glad that Blue is who Blue ended up being. That is who I thought it was from the beginning. And even when the movie tried to tell me that it wasn't him... I had my reservations about that, and I was glad to see that that feeling in the back of my mind uh, came tr came to fruition, and I, that was really great. And it's such a sweet moment, and they're so cute together, and like the three uh, side by side by side 
car scenes, you know, with the coffee and like the four cups and then the single cup and now the five cups. I love that. You know, little touches like that were really great and beautiful and, and wonderful. And I think, as I was saying kind of at the confrontation, when Simon pulls up to talk to all to talk to Abby and Nick and Leah right after everything comes out and you know Abby and Nick are together finally and they realize like what really went wrong and and how Simon had been pushing Abby to be with Martin and and so you know all this stuff they're really upset with him and and Leah has such a great line where she's like look I could I can understand if you're gay but you set me up to have my heart broken and that is that is hard to hear you you know when you care he it's so obvious like how much simon cares about all these people all of his friends you know he you know leah has been his friend for 10 13 years at that point they are so close and and so connected and abby is the first person he came out to in in like for in real life you know he's she's the first person he told that is a big deal you know that is a huge huge deal it is clear how much he cares about these people and to see them hurt the way that they are is has to be excruciating you know i would never want to to damage my friendships the way that that took place and it was tough you know i i understand i can sympathize with what he was doing because when you see him confront martin when martin's freaking out because he's upset and he wants to apologize and simon just really just shuts him down he's like look you outed me that is my thing it is up to me when that happens when where and to who and you took that away from me like that is a beautiful moment too i love simon in that moment he says everything perfectly and you get the sense like he knew had to know in the back of his mind that all of these like little lies that he kept piling on top of each other and on top of each other were going to unravel at one point or another now i do think it does seem to me that he really sincerely thought that leah was in love with nick and not himself i i I buy that totally but all the other things it was obvious that like nick and abby had a thing like i could i saw it like literally the first minute before they even were in the same frame together you could tell so you know i don't know how simon could miss that so i don't think he could but for them to you know look you you know he he lied to them he betrayed them you know he was trying to manipulate them into a situation that he didn't even care about only for his own satisfaction and i think that sucks and i don't know you know if it were me in those shoes how i would have felt you know looking from that sort of blackmail standpoint you know that's always tough to to think about you know because in his shoes you know he doesn't want anybody to know and it's scary and he's afraid of everyone knowing and he's not ready for them to know either so i can i know i get why he didn't want to tell anybody i get why he did what he did i just you know it just sucks that he made the wrong decision in my opinion 
And that harkens to something that, like, I really connected with watching this movie, which is, especially when you see the montage of the other, of the kids, like, coming out to their parents as being straight, that was, which was, I think was funny, but that is something that I think should have to happen. I, you know, talking to my girlfriend about, you know, if I have kids, I want them to grow up not thinking anything is expected of them. And whether that's their gender or their sexuality, uh, you know, I don't want them growing up thinking that they're supposed to be one way or that even everyone is supposed to be one way. You know, I think that they should feel comfortable, you know, deciding for themselves what they are and who they are and how they define themselves and and what they identify as. Because at the end of the day, like, that's all down to them. I can't tell them who they are any more than somebody on the street can. You know, it doesn't matter what genitalia they have. It doesn't matter who they're in love with. It matters what they feel. It matters uh, what they think of themselves. And I would love, I would absolutely love for my kid one day, you know, 12, 13 years old to, you know, walk out and to the kitchen table and be like, look, dad, I'm, I'm straight and I'm a girl. And I'll be like, okay, it's great, you know, or, and, and it doesn't matter if they say that and they were born, how, no matter how they were born, you know, it just, it doesn't matter. I'm so, I would be so supportive, I would be so pleased for them, and and so happy for them to know themselves, and if that changes down the line, like, that's great too, Uh, you know, no one has to feel pigeonholed into a thing because of society, or because of what they've said, you know, that's something else, you know, you can say, you, you know, I think people sometimes feel trapped into being something because they've already said that that's what they are, and it feels, and maybe it feels disingenuous to take that back. Uh, but you know, speaking from experience, you know, when you uh, one that I was in a relationship, uh, I'll, gosh, it's been eight or nine, eight years now since then. And at the time, you know, you're in a relationship, you're in love with the person. And I think towards the end of that relationship, I didn't feel that emotion anymore. You know, I still cared about this person I was with, but I wasn't in love with them anymore. And I think it's tough to say that. And it's tough to explain that because, you know, you think everyone kind of feel you think of falling in love as something like, oh my gosh, this is this beautiful thing that happens between two people and they care about each other, but you never really give enough credit to the the notion of falling out of love with someone. And you see it in a couple of movies every once in a while, but those are movies, you know. I don't know how many people have experienced that in real life. I it just doesn't seem like something people talk about a lot and I think that there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, it ob- absolutely sucks for the other person if it doesn't happen to them too. 
but if you don't if you're not in love with someone anymore that's that's it that's that's all that all there is to it and it sucks but it is what it is and it sucked for me and i hated having to have that conversation but it it still had to be had to happen and and it it was not easy and so you know i think there's this element that for people in simon's position um about any secret that they're harboring especially if if you hold it in long enough i think it just becomes more and more difficult to release it to the world because he spent four years knowing who he is and presenting himself as someone else as uh you know jennifer garner says in the movie that he's been holding his breath for the last few years and now he can finally exhale and that's a fantastic metaphor to make and it's a shame that you've you kind of put yourself into this position where you're stuck because you know you know and i don't you 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 think that yeah i i'm i'm gay and i know that i've continued to pretend to be straight for the last 3 or 4 years but i'm really gay and i think the the idea that somebody listening to that that a friend of yours who's known you for that long is going to be like pissed at you because you've been lying about it is silly and i think you know even in leah's case where she's in love with him that's she is so totally not upset about it at all she cares about him and i think that trumps everything it makes him someone special to her and if he's happy that's what matters and who wouldn't be happy for their friend to like come out you know it's that's such a brave and courageous thing to do and obviously that's not exactly what happens in this movie you know he is outed by somebody else but just being honest about it and and being forthright about who you are is such a beautiful presentation of a person and and truly truly special uh so i i like that i think they do a good job with that whole situation and you know i you know i'm not gay i i but i i've i'm i'm not straight i i've never come out to people really i i don't i don't know i'm in this weird situation where i don't hide myself i don't disguise uh my gender identity or my sexuality with anybody that asks about it but if it doesn't come up i don't offer that information and you know so like my family they don't know that i'm not straight because from their point of view i've only ever been in relationships with women and as far as they're aware i've never expressed any inclinations toward anything else that wasn't cis 
hetero maleness and that's not me like that's not accurate to describe me as a cis heterosexual male but I don't feel the need to like change their opinion I don't have a great relationship with them so it's it's a little different but for my friends people around me the people I am closest with you know my friend uh my friend Sam who I love dearly uh you know he he and I work together that's how I met him and uh you know we're we're still close and you know he knows everything and I don't feel you know I, it doesn't bother me it doesn't make me feel like I'm hiding things from people that aren't Sam <laughs> but you know it, it's just kind of gauging when I feel like this is a person that's close enough to me where I'm comfortable to tell them what I am and I love the way that Simon explains why he was able to come out to Abby and not Leah and I think he's right in the sense that it is a lot easier to reveal yourself to someone who hasn't known you longer you know that's kind of what I was saying in that because he'd known Leah for 10 years she had knew him one way and now she has to kind of put all of that in a different perspective whereas Abby he's known for only a few months or so and that's a bit different you know she doesn't really have the same foundation she can't you know it's a lot easier for her to start over in a sense if that makes sense and so for me too like I I know there are a lot of people that I'm you know I'm I'm very forthcoming about personal details with people from the beginning right uh but there are some people where like maybe there's a detail or something i haven't told someone uh, after knowing them for a very long period of time and at that point i'm just like eh, it hasn't come up yet so it doesn't matter you know maybe somewhere down the line if like they offer up that topic we can discuss it but i don't feel the need to bring it up and that's okay too i mean it's not something that plagues me i don't i don't lay awake at night and wonder if people think that i'm something else and that's okay with me i don't that's perfectly fine so i i i'm happy about this movie i'm glad it exists like i said before i think it's important and it certainly turned the cogs in my head uh to to thinking about life and and being a parent and and if my kids were in this situation and which is interesting because i i'm at that age now i'm only 26 but i i'm no longer putting myself in the place of the teenager in these kinds of movies now i'm like the parent and i'm thinking could i could i handle this better would i be able to handle it as well how would i react what would i say would i have fostered an environment that would have led to better decisions or 
You know, would I, would my kids feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me about these things? And that's, those are big questions. And, you know, I don't have the answers. I don't have, you know, I don't, I'm not going to have kids for a while at this point based on where I'm from, from where I'm standing. And so I don't know, I won't have to deal with those questions for a while, but you got to think about them. You have to, or by the time the the event happens, you won't have given them any thought. And that's scary too, because you look at a relationship like a parent and a child, and, and that is an incredibly important relationship. And there are so many variations of that relationship in movies. You have, you know, you have Lady Bird and her, that mother-daughter relationship, but that also father-daughter relationship and this, the huge contrast between those two. Uh, you have Michael Stubarg and Timothy Chalamet in Call Me By Your Name. Uh, you have, uh, you know, all these different variations of parents who are overbearing and parents who are nagging and parents who are lovely and friendly and you know i remember their movies they're like parents who say tell each other like well you can't be their friend or their parents are like you have to be their friend and everyone has their different opinions everyone approaches it differently and i just i hope that the fact that i didn't have any of them is not gonna damage my own future relationships with my kids you know I I always think if you watch the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air the TV show um you know Will has a pretty shitty relationship with his dad in that in that show and uh there's one episode where his dad comes back for the episode and you know builds Will's hopes up and you know all of a sudden he's like in love with his dad and he wants to go with his dad and he wants to be with his dad and that's beautiful and at the end of the episode his dad leaves him there and he's like look he says something like I'll come back for you next time I'm around you know maybe a while maybe longer than a while and you know he he as he's saying that you know you can just watch Will's heartbreak and you know, in the ensuing moments, he just bears his soul to Uncle Phil. And uh, it goes from, like, uh, just he's so, so upset, he's he's in pain, to he's angry, he's frustrated, and he's lashing out. And, you know, he's saying, you know, he's going on, and he, li- he starts rattling off all these things that he's been able to accomplish, the things that he's done without having a father, to be there for him. And one of the things he says is like, you know, he there's nothing that he could teach him be, about how to raise his kids because he wasn't there to do it with Will. And Will still managed to be a pretty good guy. And, you know, I relate to that a lot. I'm really, really connected to that just that whole thing um and you know uh you know my neither of my parents like 
were alive and like refused to see me or, or raise me that wasn't it was slightly different but the the idea that you know they just aren't there and i turned out okay right like i my my english teacher my my junior year in high school english teacher um uncle monday uncle mundy m u n d y he uh, I had him in, as a sophomore for study hall, but I, you know, I wouldn't have any. Re I didn't really have much reason to like talk to him or anything then. As a junior, though, or no, wait, was that? No, I had him as a junior for study hall and English, I think. And that, so you know, I was in his class, and then parent-teacher conferences happened. And my grandparents, my mom's adoptive parents, went to meet with him for those. And the next time I saw him in class, you know, he called me over before, you know, he started. And, you know, he didn't realize, you know, who I was. You know, I have a different last name than my mom or my grandparents, which he'd met before. And, you know, he knew that my mom was dead. But, you know, and he was just like... He asked me, you know, about how thing, what, what was happened, what had happened, and you know, all the stuff. And you know, I told him my dad was dead too, and uh, and he he looked at me for a second, and he said something to the effect, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect of, and you turned out like that, huh? Something, you know, in a very affirmative, positive fashion. You know, he, you know, as if, you know, like, well, you turned out okay, you know, despite all that, and I was like, yeah, I guess, <laughs> I don't know, I, you know, I was super, 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 super shy as a teenager, and, uh, I mean, I guess I still kind of am, but, you know, that, that's the kind of thing, like, it's one thing to, like, think that about yourself, like, yeah, I think I turned out okay, but, it's so, so reaffirming when somebody else says it. It's it's so heartwarming. It's so comforting. And you can't... Like, that is just such, an, such a beautiful sentiment for a person to give somebody else. Is like, you turned out okay. You, you turned out well. Like, that's, that's a, that's tough. That's a, that's a big thing to tell somebody. Especially somebody who's clearly been through some stuff that, that would definitely leave that sort of a thing in doubt, you know, and it, it, it's, it means a lot, and I think, you know, to kind of tie this back to Love, Simon, um, I, I hope that the, the way that Jennifer Garner and Josh Duhamel handle Simon's predicament and situation in this movie isn't perfect, you know. Jennifer Garner does a good job, you know. The you know, Simon comes to her and he's like, "Look, have you known? How long have you known?" And you know, she gives the whole "you've been holding your breath" thing. Like that's a great thing to say, and I, I think that that means meant a lot to Simon. But you know, Josh Duhamel wasn't great. You know, he found out. He made a joke about it. And, uh, you know, he felt awful afterward. And, you know, when they reconcile later on outside and 
he says something, what did he say? Um, you know, something like he's like, he says, he kept saying like he should have known and he should have, should have understood and should have, should have figured it out or should have listened or whatever. And, you know, that's, you know, I, I love, I respect that the movie gave him that moment because no, it's not about him. It's about Simon, but, and it ultimately is, you know, he, he, he realizes that and he's trying to like hide the fact that he's upset about the situation from a personal standpoint and, and make it more about Simon and, and be there for Simon. But I like that the movie gives him that moment too, because it is something, you know, he's lived with Simon for 17 years. He has raised him and it's not easy to, to learn that your kid has been hiding something that important from you. And it's not, a bad thing per se and it doesn't mean you did anything wrong uh it just it's just not an easy thing to handle and so i'm glad that they gave him that moment but also made sure to show us the viewer that it is really about simon and it's not you know we're not trying to connect with the dad you know we're on simon's side and we're supposed to feel for him and and it's okay for the dad to be upset about this, but it's ultimately about Simon, and I like that we get that in that moment. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, we got we went we got we got we got pretty personal on this episode, and uh, I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, yeah, love Simon. I liked it. And uh, I encourage everyone to go see it. It's it's a beautiful story. And of course, uh, I mean, I'm assuming if you're still listening, you probably either decided you won't see it or have already seen it. But so I guess you can just like agree or disagree. But I like it, and I I thought it was nice. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, or answers, you can send those to circleoffilm at gmail.com or uh, tweet at me, at circleoffilm, uh, if you want to get in touch, or write in, or whatever. And if you would like to check out the website, circleoffilm.com, you can look at all the other information you want, all the old episodes, uh, all the Circle of Film Awards, and Monthborn Actors, and everything like that, it's all over there. And then if you would like to support the show or, or what's going on here, you can do that at, circle, uh, at patreon.com slash circle of film. Thank you once again. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same tonight. I know she'll never.